You're listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I hope that everybody's having a great Thursday morning in West Georgia. As we get closer to the weekend, we have got a lot to cover on the show, including Phillip Rivers calls it a career in the NFL. The Hawks come back from 17 down to defeat the Detroit Pistons in overtime. And overall, it was a great day for Georgia basketball across the state. UGA wins, Georgia Tech wins, Mercer wins, Columbus State wins. To start off the show, I want to talk about Is Phillip Rivers, when it's all said and done, a Hall of Famer? A 17-year career. He spent 16 of those years with the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers and then one year with the Indianapolis Colts. He had 421 career touchdowns, 209 interceptions. He passed for over 64,000 yards with a quarterback rating of 95.2. Those stats are better than Big Ben and Eli Manning and they are sure Hall of Famers. Why? Because they both have Super Bowl rings. Philip Rivers had some bad luck. Going to an organization like the Chargers, who has a reputation of not doing well in the playoffs. I mean, come on. They fired Marty Schottenheimer after going 14-2. and Who does that? Philip Rivers was 5-7 and in the postseason. The furthest he has gotten into the postseason was the 2007 AFC Championship game against the undefeated New England Patriots. And if I recall, he was injured in that game. He had a reputation for not being mobile. But one thing that he was, he was very accurate. And he was able to throw the football. A lot of talent. If he would have went to any other team, I think he would have had a little bit more success And it's not like the Chargers had a bad team around him. He had LaDainian Tomlinson for the longest time. He's got a great, talented team with Mel. He had Melvin Gordon, great wide receivers. Antonio Gates is a tight end, one of the greatest tight ends in football. The organization itself did not care of winning. In fact, they left San Diego. Wish Phillip Rivers all the best and uh, take care of them kids. The Atlanta Hawks are 7-7 on the year. What a great game by the Atlanta Hawks last night as they came back from 17 down to defeat the Detroit Pistons 123-115 in overtime. And they did it without DeAndre Hunter in the lineup. He was injured. He was sitting out. Trey Young just became Trey Young. He had a big three. They stepped up on defense. Detroit had an opportunity to win it at the end of regulation, and John Collins blocked Jeremy Grant. And then the Hawks just took over in overtime. And the Hawks would just take over in overtime. Clint Capella, 27 points, 26 rebounds. John Collins also scored 31, but Trey Young led all scores with 38 points. And Atlanta is now 7-7 seven and seven on the season, and they will take on the Timberwolves this Friday. Some of the other action in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets were down 14 against the Cavaliers to force overtime, but they just did not have enough in the tank as Cleveland defeats Brooklyn 147-135 in double overtime, and Brooklyn did not play hardly any of the bench as Kyrie Irving makes his return to the lineup, and he scores 37 points. Kevin Durant leaves all scores with 38 points, and James Harden chipped in 21. Only 10 points from the bench for Brooklyn, and if you look at their minutes, 
Kevin Durant had 50 minutes. James Harden, 51 minutes. Kyrie Irving, 48 minutes. Is it going to work with these three? And when you have a situation where somebody has to take the final shot, who's taking the final shot? You have three superstars that's capable of hitting a game-winning shot. That is going to be a decision that head coach Steve Nash is going to have to make. I was impressed with former Alabama point guard Colin Sexton, who had a career-high 42 points as Cleveland is 7-7. Seven and seven. Colin Sexton is looking really good. The acquisition of Andre Drummond is paying off. The Cavaliers are looking formidable. The new players from that James Harden trade, Torian Prince had 17 points and Jared Allen had 12 so they contributed as well. They were playing without JaVel McGee. Other scores in the NBA, the 76ers defeat the Boston Celtics 117 to 109. The Miami Heat defeated the Toronto Raptors 111 to 102. The Golden State Warriors defeated the San Antonio Spurs 121 to 99. They're now 8 and 6. Steph Curry had 26 points, and I don't know what's happening with the Sacramento Kings, but they lose yet another one. The Clippers defeated them 115 to 96. The Kings started off really good this season, but looking back, they have lost four straight. We got a big matchup in the NBA tonight, the nationally televised game on TNT. You got the Los Angeles Lakers going up against the Milwaukee Bucks. It's always fun when LeBron takes on Giannis. The Bucks are starting to get hot. They're a great regular season team. The New Orleans Pelicans will take on the Utah Jazz. The Pelicans have been a very disappointing team so far, but of course with Zion, that game is going to be televised. You got Zion Williamson going up against Donovan Mitchell. That's the matchup that everybody wants to see. Locally here in Georgia, we had a very good night in college basketball. The University of Georgia defeats Kentucky 63-62 to on a layup at the buzzer by P.J. Horn. They were down 62-56 to with two minutes left to go in this game. They went on a 7-0 run, and Kentucky has got to be the biggest disappointment this season. I'm not sure what to think of Kentucky. Maybe they turn it on in the SEC tourney. But Kentucky, with all the recruiting they do, with head coach John Calipari and all the players that they get, it's just not working out. I'm wondering if this one-and-done idea it pays off when it comes to competitive college basketball. you got a lot of college basketball teams with players that stay four years. Georgia is now 9-4, and four, and they will take on Florida this weekend. Florida had a big win over the University of Tennessee the day before. Looking at the SEC standings right now, Alabama is leading the conference at 7-0. They are 12-3 overall. LSU is 5-2. Tennessee 4-2. Missouri 3-2. Mississippi State 4-3. A disappointing Auburn team is 2-5. They had a loss to Arkansas. Yet another loss. This was a team. They lost a lot of players. They lost Isaac Okoru. They had some mishaps and head coach Bruce Pearl is got to reload this year. They're two years removed from making it to the final four and who knows how far they would have gone in the tournament last year if the season was not canceled because of COVID. Georgia Tech wins over 20th ranked Clemson 83 to 65 and Georgia Tech is now 7-3 on the season. Michael DeVoe led all scores with 22 points and Mercer got a big win over the Citadel 83 to 63 they're now nine and four on the season things are looking great for basketball in the state of Georgia you got Georgia State that's eight and two they'll take on Appalachian State this weekend Georgia Southern is nine and six the only division one program that does not have a winning record is Kennesaw State all other Georgia schools have winning records and that is nice to see 
Congratulations to Columbus State for getting the biggest win they've had in over 10 years as they defeated North Georgia 93-62. They're now 2-3 and three on the season. It started with some hot shooting. They had four players in double figures. They will travel to South Carolina this weekend to take on USC Aiken. So good luck to the Columbus Cougars. As always, you can listen to the game on 88.3 and watch it on Cougar Sports TV. I'm really looking forward to this Columbus State basketball team. I follow them on Twitter, so I was able to catch the game last night, and they were just on fire. Head coach Ron Moore has got those players playing hard, and they expect to do great things in the Peach Belt Conference this year. All right, I want to talk about the Hawks because I said something that was pretty controversial on a Hawks fan page, and I got a lot of heat for it, and I just want to clear it up. I just simply asked the question, is the Hawks' first-round pick, Okenya Okongru, a bust? It's too early. It's only been two games. He only scored four points last night. He averages four points a game. They don't give him a whole lot of minutes. He's coming back from injury. But I only simply said that because I wasn't sure. When I was watching that game yesterday, they brought him along to be the defensive stopper. And Detroit went on a run. They scored 40 points in the third quarter. They went on an 11-0 run. The Hawks bench was taxed. If you're going to get this defensive stopper in the game, he's got to make some plays. And I'm not sure if he is going to be a superstar. You drafted him sixth for a reason because you think he's going to be a contributor every day and he's going to be a superstar. And it it made me think that the Hawks got the GM right. GM Travis Slinketh from the Golden State Warriors came on the scene, took over in the 2017 NBA draft. He drafted John Collins. In the 2018 draft, he drafted Trey Young and Kevin Herter. In 2019, he drafted DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, and Bruno Fernando. All those players in the last three drafts, they have contributed and they're potentially starters. You got a you got a starting five that has been drafted. So the jury's still out on this year's draft. Uh, not even sure if Skyler Mays is going to play. He's probably going to play in the D League. That's their talented guard they got out of LSU in the second round. But a Kenya Okongru, I'd like to see more maturity. I like to see more growth before we can call him a bust. And I, I know I might have just been stirring up the pot trying to get Hawks fans riled up, but it's too early to tell. Patrick Mahomes is still in concussion protocol. He is practicing, but limited. I think he's going to play Sunday. As the Kansas City Chiefs, they open up as a three-point favorite against the Buffalo Bills. The odds-on makers have them as a 61% chance at beating Buffalo if Patrick Mahomes plays, compared to 32% if Chad Henney plays. Regardless, I was still picking Buffalo in this game, but the Chiefs looked very impressive on offense with Patrick Mahomes when he was in the game last week. With that being said, it's going to be two exciting conference championship games, starting with Green Bay and Tampa Bay, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. There's more matchups than that, but it's a rematch of the regular season game when Tampa Bay blew out Green Bay 38-10, to but that one was in Tampa Bay. Weather was not a factor, and Tom Brady felt comfortable 
Aaron Rodgers had two interceptions. Aaron Rodgers does not commit turnovers at home. So you cannot rely on those turnovers if you want to try to beat Green Bay. How much pressure is on Aaron Rodgers to make it back to the Super Bowl? Tom Brady is playing with house money. There's no pressure. He goes to the NFC. He makes another conference championship. A lot of the naysayers said that he was going into a much tougher division with tougher quarterbacks. And I'm looking at some of these potential Super Bowl matchups. I would love to see Buffalo and Tampa Bay. Imagine the Buffalo Bills, they finally get out of the AFC East, but standing in their way at the Super Bowl is Tom Brady. And what would the narrative be if Buffalo makes it to the Super Bowl and loses once again? They would be 0-5 in Super Bowls. Another matchup, this was the matchup that I picked at the start of the playoffs, Green Bay and Buffalo. That would be a very good matchup. Two cold-weather teams playing the Super Bowl down in Tampa. What about Tampa Bay and Kansas City? Tom Brady going up against Patrick Mahomes. And has anybody realized that if Tampa Bay makes it to the Super Bowl, they would be the first NFL team to reach the Super Bowl and also be the host city? Minnesota almost did it back in 2018, but this would be fun. I still think it's going to be Green Bay and Kansas City. If the two favorites prevail, it will be Green Bay and Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. I cannot tell you how many State Farm commercials are going to air during the Super Bowl. That is going to be fun. On another note, the Baltimore Ravens released Mark Ingram, the three-time Pro Bowler running back. Should the Falcons go get him? The Falcons need a running back. They're probably going to pick a running back in the second round, either Trey Sermon or Najee Harris. Go get him. You saw what a running back can do. The Indianapolis Colts had Jonathan Taylor. They picked him in the second round, and he had a monster game. They got a new head coach, Arthur Smith. They got a new GM, Terry Fontenot. A new era in Atlanta has begun. Go get a featured running back. Have him on a rookie contract. Get a running back to get the offense revolved around a running game. Use that offensive lineman in use that offensive line in run block schemes and let don't put the game all on the shoulders of Matt Ryan. Too many times and you saw you saw Matt Ryan have to throw it. They just don't run the ball. And the Falcons also clean house saying goodbye to offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter. That's a great move. Arthur Smith needs to get his new staff in there. Get an identity and I think the Falcons should be fine. We already know Tom Brady's coming back for another year. So you got Drew Brees could possibly retire. You got a quarterback situation in New Orleans. Taysom Hill will more than likely be the starter. The Carolina Panthers may select a quarterback in the NFL draft. It is going to be very interesting to see what the 2021 NFL season looks like in the NFC South. It looks like with this new regime for the New York Jets, Robert Sala may want to keep Sam Darnold around after all. So what do the New York Jets do with the number two pick? Do they trade down because somebody needs a quarterback? They could trade down with the Bears. They could trade down with the Panthers, even the Falcons. Justin Fields is going to forego his senior season and enter the NFL draft. He is projected to be the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. So I think the Jets should draft either Panay Sewell or trade down and try to draft Devonta Smith. They need some skill players for Sam Darnold. And I don't think that this new coaching staff with Robert Salah has lost faith in Sam Darnold. I think that Sam Darnold regressed because Adam Gase was a quarterback 
killer. Every time Adam Gase, Adam Gase got a head coaching job because he had a great relationship with Peyton Manning. He is not a good head coach. And just the simple fact that the Seattle Seahawks are considering him for the offensive coordinator position, look out. I feel bad for Russell Wilson. That could be a disaster. Adam Gase is not a head coach. He needs to go back to school. I actually consider him as possibly the Tennessee job because maybe he needs a fresh start in college. But I wouldn't do that to Tennessee fans. All right, that's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners who downloaded my podcast. Don't forget, I am on five days a week now. And because of some obligations, and as we get closer to the Super Bowl on February 7th, I'm going to cut back my podcast to three times a week. So starting next week, after the conference championships, we have the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. I'm going to scale back my podcast to three times a week just because of some obligations I got to do with my other job. So I want to thank everybody that has listened to my podcast. Don't forget that I'm always on Facebook and I've always shared, I, I always share the link to the episode immediately after the episode is produced. And who knows, I may go Facebook live one of these evenings just to promote my show. All right, everybody have a great day. Enjoy this weather. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.